This is Bob 154. Just cranking it up here. Ramsey, Barker, and Bird back at it again. Look at us, <laughs> yeah. the trio. It only took us 154 <laughs> episodes to get a guess as, as renowned as this one. Renowned. Yeah. <laughs> we also got Greenius over here. Hello, Say what hello. up. Um, I'm from Vancouver. I've never heard of you before, so I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. My exciting. actually, my my former uh, longtime uh, radio partner moved to Langley. Oh, really? Yeah, he moved. Oh shit! He moved from here to Langley. Right Terry, to hometown. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't wild, know, small ass like yeah, isn't no, it? crazy. Sorry. Um, this is Ted Bird. He uh, he co-hosted a very popular uh, radio show on the most popular rock station in the province. Uh, show him FM. It was uh, Terry, Terry and Ted in the morning, was it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you did stuff before and after that as well. You're still yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah I'm, uh, I've been in the business for 45 years. Jeez. Terry and I got together 35 years ago, and wow. we had about a 20-year run, and then he went out to Calgary wow. after a, a program director who uh, he didn't like and who didn't like him ran him out of Shom. And a few years later, a program director I didn't like, who didn't like me, ran me out of Shom. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're back together on the podcast, on the yeah. Standing by Terry and Ted podcast. And we also do a Saturday morning show on uh, the little radio station in Hudson, Quebec, where I host the morning show Monday to Friday. Wow. So we do it from, a, from Terry does it remotely from BC, and uh, we record it like Thursday or Friday, run it Saturday morning. But he flies in for the podcast. Yeah. Like this guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I live in Toronto, so I, yeah. I got to come here every every time. Yeah, but, yeah. So well, you know, so you know who who are the bottoms in the relationship when they got to fly in, hey, right? Am I right? Dedicated. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm the most powerful bottom, Chris. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've done any, uh, if you guys have done any podcasts remotely, but yeah, it's I'm, not the same as when you're you got when you're really in the same isn't. room. Eye yeah. contact, body language, it just makes all the difference in the world. Interrupting too <laughs> on online, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah, Terry and I hand. have been working together for, you know, like I say, for thirty five years, yeah. and uh, and online, it's just not as smooth as it is when you're, just, when you're sitting across from each other. I just never stop talking. In, in those situations, <laughs> it's way fucking easier. Just carry on. Fair enough. You know, like, it's a good the, trick. This guy's gonna bore me anyways. I'll just fucking power through it. No problem. Not you. I meant the online guys. But yeah, uh, give me time. I'll yeah. bore you. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's incredible. Like, I mean, we know of some. Like magician duos in our realm, like Penn and Teller. I'm sure you're familiar with sure, Penn yeah. and Teller. Yeah, those guys have been together arguably, I think maybe longer, even like I or think just so, as yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they have a really interesting relationship between the two. Have met both of them, hung with both of them, stand up guys, and um, they don't actually like they don't have a friendship, and they'll openly admit this. Nobody, it's business only. Because he said, uh, like, this sort of mutual respect will outlast anything else. Mm -hmm. And that's what they wanted to ensure, right, for their own business. Uh, so it's it's weird. I was at uh, their show, and I was with Penn in the back. And then Teller comes in, says, like, hi to us. Doesn't even look at Penn and just walks out. But, like, it was totally cool. It was like, yeah. oh, yeah, we don't. Well, I guess to each their own. But, you know, Terry and I have a really strong friendship. He's been my yeah. best friend for as long as we've... That's as awesome. we've worked together and i hear it with you guys too when i was listening to you guys you yeah. know i can hear i can hear the friendship there and i think that i just think That's it makes way. it that much better yeah it just makes it that much better and what's interesting about terry and me is that there's never been a crossword between us like there has never been a crossword wow. between yeah. us and i'm sure that there are little things about each other that you know may bug the other guy Peccadillos. a little bit but it's it's never worth it's never worth going there and bringing yeah. up. And if it was, I'm sure that I would or 
or yeah. he would, but yeah. we're just, you know, we're like brothers. I really. think you should list them now. You should list all the things <laughs> now. Like, this is the time. That fucking guy. Actually, the only thing I don't like about him is that he's best friends with Justin Trudeau. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't bring that up. Actually, he moved pretty far away. That's inconvenient for a friendship. So that's yeah. yeah, well, you know that's what? Bullshit. You know what? He loves BC. He always yeah. used to go out to BC. He'd always go out west on his vacation. And then when he retired, or when they retired him, yeah. uh, he made the move. And, uh, you know, I'm, I may be talking out of turn here, but I think that he's finding that for him, because it's not home, it's that classic great place to visit, but yeah. he underwent open-heart surgery back in January. And so he was out there with his wife, and that was it. There was no other support. There was just his wife. Family was all wow. back here. Wow. And he almost died. Like, he had complications. He got a blood infection. He had pneumonia. It was touch and go for several days. He was in intensive care for 28 days or something. And she was alone out there taking care of him Damn. and advocating for him in the hospital. And I think that that, you know, that kind of dr drove it home to them that, you know, you know what? It's beautiful out here. It's BC. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but it's not home. Yeah. This is home and this yeah. is where family is. Right. And I think they might be rethinking it. I'm trying to encourage him to move back. Because yeah. if he moved back, we could do a podcast every week. Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't have to fly him in and knock off 10 in five days. So I, um, I would hope he would go move away to die quietly. If Chris, <laughs> if Chris had a problem, I would like go fucking nice. out of here. Yeah, but, but Wes is like one of those really uh, dependent pets that dies just like a year after <laughs> right. the owner does. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I hate you more money than me. That's the only difference right now that's funny uh he actually uh like He's during more, by the way. during the two years we don't talk about yeah he um you know lost a lot of gigs during then and that stuff so and chris bought a spare house yeah he, wow next door to me so he figured out how to work it yeah so he loved he lived next door to me yeah. for uh, a year and it was yeah. a it was amazing having uh him as a neighbor mm -hmm. he's my best friend and and yeah, it yeah. was it was incredible. It's like you don't get to choose your neighbors, you know. So uh, having that, and then we we'd podcast all the time. It was great. It's pretty telling though that after I moved out, that's when you got rid of the hedge between the two houses. <laughs> <laughs> you still wanted to keep a little barrier. Yeah. As soon as I move out, you're like, get the fucking. Hedge I was trying to make it higher, actually. <laughs> while you were, I already couldn't see over. Yeah. Anyways, so oh, yeah, forty five years in the radio business. Crazy, eh? That is what was what was it like? Coming in, I'm sure this is like a rock and roll era, kind of like this is before digital anything. Yep. And you're, 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 I mean, it's like rock stars when you think about it. You know what I mean? Radio hosts were yeah. like in big cities. Yeah. I started yeah. in a small town. I started, or a small city, Charlottetown, PEI. And I started at, at, uh, I guess what you would call a full-service radio station. You know, it did everything. It played, you know, pop music during the day, rock music at night, country music on the weekends. Right. There was no fixed format. And, uh, you know, everyone who's, who was working there except me, I was 19, I think, when I got my first gig. And everyone else had been there for years and years and years. Wow. And 1978, and uh, my starting salary was $8,100 a year. And I don't like to brag, but I make almost twice that. <laughs> that I don't even know if that's a lot. See, that's how disconnected I am from 1978. And uh, it wasn't a lot. It was, you know, it was it was a livable wage in Charlottetown, yeah. PEI at that time. Right. I rented my own apartment. I didn't have a car, yeah, but I rented my own apartment, and I could buy my groceries and stuff. Um, and you love doing it. 
Yeah, and I loved doing it. Yeah, yeah. Very few people make big money in radio. And yeah. but like, if you're doing it in Charlottetown, then you must have been like, people would obviously know you. Like, you go out. Like, it, 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 I, I imagine it's that small. It'd be like you'd be quite. Well, they recognize. Yeah, they recognize your name, but I mean, they don't you know, your face. Yeah, yeah. And also on the celebrity food chain, radio local radio personality is just below rodeo clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Or sorry, just above rodeo <laughs> clown, yeah. but below team mascot. Yeah, like, still above mime though. <laughs> that's true, but like more people know who Yuppie is than know who I am, and that helps me, you know, stay humble and, and keep it in perspective. What I like about it is, you get or I get recognized just enough that it's flattering and not so much that it's intrusive, and Beautiful. that's a nice balance. Yeah, yeah that's why I tell myself too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, in Vancouver, where I growing up, there it, Red Robinson was like fucking. Yep. He was like he was a legit celebrity, yeah. And I don't know. I guess I thought he was just a fucking DJ guy, but I don't know. He's like transcended it somehow. He was yeah. Like Did super he pass fairly yeah. recently? I thought so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know much about him. I just know the name. I know he was iconic. Yeah, in, it in was Vancouver. like yeah. it, it was. So who who's somebody you look up? You look yeah. up to uh, back then? Well, you know what? I didn't have. I wasn't one of those guys. Most like Howard guys Stern who, was most, he? Was no, he? Well, no. How I don't. Howard Stern wasn't quite on the map yet right. at that time. I think what really put him on the map, or at least brought him into into awareness for me, was fuck. It was what a terrible thing when that um, there was a plane that crashed on takeoff in Washington, went into the Potomac River. Hit never, the, never start a joke with the punchline, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and. Uh, a lot of people died. I think I think a few got out. Anyway, Howard Stern, the next day, called the airline and asked them when their next flight into the Potomac. No, when's your next flight to the 14th River Bridge, 14th Street Bridge over the Potomac River? Like it was so Holy bad. Shit. It was so yeah. bad. But, you know, it was that was what he did yep. back then. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that he does that so much now. I don't listen to his show, but... My understanding is he's become uh, a really good interviewer. Yeah, he's a like really the good interviewer. as well, doing like the pressing the button and stuff. One of the judges there. He did, he did that, that, but that was years ago. That was years ago, was it? His serious radio thing, like he makes yeah. it mint. He's like, you know, he's yeah, like yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars a yeah. year. But I've been told that he's he does interviews now. He gets A-list guests, oh, yeah. and apparently he's a hell of an interviewer. Well, let's speak of guests. Like, what's... Uh... What's a memorable guest to you? What is something Holy that shit. left a mark like you think about it every month? Uh, well, I don't know if there's anything I think about every month, but Dan Aykroyd came in one time. Oh, oh. shit. Yeah. He oh, was, we shit. like Dan Aykroyd. He was peddling vodka. I, mean, I, I love forget, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I forget what the brand was, but he... Uh, Crystal Skull or something? No, is that yeah. Were you sober back then? Or is yeah, it, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, so yeah. You guys yeah. were like trying to... Trying to get it done on the on the yeah radio. and okay, uh, and my son my my older son Sam was with me and Sam was about ten at the time and uh, another guy who came in and uh, and was a real uh, it was a big thrill because I've been an F one fan for a long time Mika Hakkinen came oh yeah in. and this was post retirement oh and he wow. was he was uh, working as an ambassador I believe for Mercedes and he came into the radio station so I brought my other son Charlie who's a real gearhead and Charlie at the time was maybe five years old and when Charlie was that age we'd be driving down the highway and there'd be a car way off in the distance and he'd go Lexus wow fuck it was a Lexus so he's autistic 
<laughs> well, actually, I I think he has Asperger's, but he's like That's he's awesome. brilliant when it comes to cars. But and when he was that age, he would only recognize high end cars. Like if you know if a, if you know if a Chevy Malibu, yeah, if a Chevy Malibu went by, he didn't give a shit. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so I bring him in to meet Mika Hakkinen, and he must have been. This is two thousand seven, I think. So Charlie's about six. And uh, I introduced him to Mika Hakkinen, and Charlie says, uh, you ever drive a Bugatti? <laughs> and uh, Mika Hakkinen says, uh, yeah, he says, a thousand horsepower. And Charlie says, thousand and one. <laughs> because wow. that's the actual spec, a thousand and one horsepower. Oh, that's so So cool. Charlie, the six, my six-year-old son was setting Mika Hakkinen straight yeah. on the specs on a Bugatti. <laughs> well, yeah, that one horse would have felt so bad. Yeah. Right? You yeah. Bit of a pedant there, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. 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 Oh, shit. You're also, uh, you're also a comic, too, right? You just stand up? Not or? full-time, yeah. I, but I, I, I dabble. I saw your set, by the way. You killed it. It was at uh, Pantelis's, uh comedy night. He has an English comedy night at the Bordell. At the Bordell, yeah. That and was you did, fun. I like that. You did so well. Well, he, I couldn't have done that well because they haven't invited me back yet. I keep saying to Pantelis, you know, I'd like to come back on a Tuesday night. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I get it. There's a lot There's a lot of guys doing yeah. it, and there's a lot of young guys, and they deserve, I loved it. They deserve their shot. But I do it like I, I Call them out. I dabble. Panta, what are you doing? Get yeah. this guy back on. I texted Mike Ward three months ago. Said I want to do my full hour at the board down. He's like, Yeah, yeah. Talk to Pentelis. That sounds awesome. I talked to Pentelis. Pentelis. I'll get back to you. <laughs> well, he's so busy. He's no, that's so what, busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so when you do, you do you do straight stand up as well as magic? Yeah, yeah. But I would never do more than like say fifteen doing straight okay. stand up. Yeah. I always put the magic yeah. That's about what I've got too. And mostly, yeah. mostly I MC and I MC local charity events. Like we're doing a Legion. Uh, Joey Elias uh, um, does what he calls uh, the, the um, what does he call it? The Legion of Friends tour, mm. and we go and we do fundraisers for legions around the Montreal That's area. Cool. That's and awesome. I'm the I'm the designated uh, MC. MC gigs are nice. Yeah, I do like I do like one a year with uh, card the Cartopia for like the playing card company. Where I love it. Like I think it's like the smoothest gig. But you ever. know what I'm still learning to do with that, Chris, is like if I'm just doing a set, I've got my set in my head, and I'm you know I know what all my material is. An MC's job is to warm up the crowd and engage the crowd, yeah. and that's like that's a challenge if you're not used to that. And I'm yeah. still working on that. I'm still getting there yeah. with that, and it's a lot different for if you're a, a radio guy. Yeah. You know, you're used to. There's not an audience. You're just you. You do your thing and you turn off your mic and you go. Fuck! I killed it. That yeah. was great. Right. And it's all the, it's all about the voice <laughs> yeah. too. And in person, you gotta yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. play bigger than yeah. And you see you see yeah. the immediate reaction yeah, from the audience. The and conversely, I've had stand-ups in on on the radio. And they're out of their element yeah. when, they're, when they're not getting that because instantaneous. Because their facial expressions yeah. aren't translating. Yeah, and... yeah. but I, uh, yeah, I, I really, I enjoy it a lot. And, and in the last couple of years, I don't know what happened exactly. I think it might have been, uh, we did a Legion show out in Hudson. And Hudson is where the radio station is that I work. And I get up on stage and right away I felt the crowd was with me because mm -hmm. they knew me and they already know me and like me because they listened to me. And it relaxed me and gave me mm -hmm. confidence. And it was the best hosting gig I'd ever done. Yeah. And it was a breakthrough for me. I'm a lot more confident and less uh, less nervous on stage now. That's I interesting. That. I, um, I pretend the audience knows who I am. Okay. To get comfortable. <laughs> actually, actually, that's, not, that's a pretty good idea. It's a trick I've, I've always used because... 
in an audience, like if there's a hundred people, there might be ten people who do know who I am. You fucking um, narcissist. Ten? That's ten percent. <laughs> it used to be twenty-five. Um, like, Mr. Hey, Seven we, Million oh, YouTube yeah, subscribers. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, these guys are looking at me again. They're looking at me I'm like no one's fucking looking at you, dude. He's always it's so great. Some guy comes up, the don't you know who I think the I am? And he's like, just signs the keys, hands them back. It's fucked up. <laughs> you want a selfie? He's like, no, I'm the valet. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but he, he did want. Yeah, he really did want. Um, he's too shy to ask. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, I also use that trick. I think it's very interesting because there's something about like, oh. They already like me, so I don't have to win them over. So you don't have to break that barrier, and you feel instantly more comfortable. So yeah. I've been doing that every time I go on stage. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And so when there is a gig where they genuinely do know who you are and they come to you know your show because they know who you are or whatever it is, that is like so. Well, that's all I do. I don't do yeah. out-of-town gigs. I just do local stuff, and yeah. it's usually fundraisers. and, and uh, So you've always got that support. Yeah, yeah. yeah the crowd's that's great. always on my side right out of the gate. Like, i got to fuck up pretty good to get them off my, uh, yeah. you know, off the team. It's crazy uh, how important, like, that even, like, say you are out-of-town or whatever, they don't know you. Getting that first laugh early. Yeah means everything i've seen comics like not do well and turn it around and i do not possess that skill set if it's not going well at the top be ready for it to carry on and yeah i was gonna ask yeah. you guys what do you do when it starts to go sideways or if you feel it going sideways you can go sideways in the middle and I, i'm okay because i still have some residual confidence really. i see what you, but right off the top <laughs> if it goes sideways yeah I'm like, yeah oh, i'll we, keep yeah. plowing ahead i'll give yeah, up yeah, well and what, just be like well i'm just gonna keep doing me. you have to yeah. you have to what else what else are you gonna do so do you tailor your material so that you know you've got one of your killer jokes right off the top and and uh, try to get that big laugh definitely yeah yeah definitely. i mean there's been a few dicey situations situations where i've uh, had to stop a trick knowing that there wasn't anything else that was going to happen you forgot to set it up properly kind of thing yeah like there's supposed to be a prediction in the box it's not in the box and i was like midway through the trick and i'm like oh <laughs> yeah i'm like hey this is not gonna work or yeah. uh, i'll just uh one time i waited for the end and i was like oh, i f forgot the prediction at home was my which is <laughs> like an okay joke and they're like ha 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 but I'm a magician. So they're like, right? And then I'm like, no, really. <laughs> it's at home. I got to do the next trick. Another thing that's really big in stand-up that I've noticed watching other guys is likability. Mm. A guy like Sugar Sammy. Sugar yeah. Sammy is so likable on stage. He's so likable. Yeah. He ticks like all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he really does. Yeah. Um, I find Mike Ward's very likable. Yeah. Oh, especially yeah. considering how filthy Love and inappropriate him. he can yeah. be. On and off stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On and off stage, yeah. same guy. Yes. Same, yeah. like literally. Yeah. Sammy too, and that's important, and that's yeah. important in radio too. You know, there's there's a radio consultant who, for my money, is the best on the continent. Her name is Valerie Geller, and she says uh, two things you want to hear as a radio personality from a listener. One is, I couldn't get out of the car until you were finished. Oh, wow. That's if awesome. you hear that, you know you're doing it right. And the other one is, I feel like I know you. Oh wow! Yeah. And I've heard that a lot over the years. So I get, I get that, that one. That goes well because you're probably the same person on stage that yeah. you are off the right. stage. You're the same person on this podcast that you are off this podcast. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, you know people can people can sniff out insincerity, man. They really yeah. can. Yeah. And they can and at the same by the same token they can sniff out when you're being you. Yeah. And yeah, I've heard that many many times over the years. And maybe once or twice, uh yeah, you're the same asshole off the air that you are on the air. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's only that's only cuz that's yeah, only yeah. cuz they're not Habs fans yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're a Habs guy, yeah. right? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I have been my whole life. Yeah. yeah. So, hang on. What time you? Uh, what what times the morning show start for you? Uh, I get up at three thirty. <laughs> I'm there at four thirty. The show starts at five thirty. AM. AM. Yeah. You get up at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen. At my age now, that's like my second pee, so I just stay up. <laughs> Shit, I don't need an alarm clock. I got a 64-year-old prostate. Yeah, but wait. Okay. Yeah, now you got the hack built in. But when you were 31, though, what the fuck did yeah, you Yeah, well, when I was 31 and I was still drinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Although I was He's, not, I was more. How many all-nighters have you pulled? I, not too many. Not uh? too many. I did a few. I did a few where I would go straight from, uh, from the bar or the party to work, but not too many at all. One of the all-time great I want, air I want those episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there was a great air check out of Calgary many, many years ago. This goes back to the 80s. And I wish I had kept it, but I lost it. And it's this guy who obviously has come directly from the bar or the party to work. <laughs> he's the news guy. And he's fucking hammered. <laughs> and he signs on the news by going, It's minus 7 at 6.03. It's 4 degrees. <laughs> so a he's got the news on three minutes late at 603 oh and then he has like an 11 degree temperature swing in two seconds and it just and it went all downhill from there oh. and it was during um it was i think it was during uh the solidarity movement in poland so he he stupidly decides i'm gonna do this story about polish solidarity so he's got these polish names that are worth like <laughs> 600 points in Scrabble, right? And there's no fucking way he can get them out. And it's just, it was one of the classic, classic air checks I've ever heard. And like I say, I wish I had kept it. But that is that is fucking gold right yeah. there. If you See, that's the thing. I think nowadays with social media, we need a drunk guy on the air. Like, that would work, right? People would eat that shit up. Like, nowadays, mm. right? Back then, it was a fault. But now, yeah. if you have anybody, look at the guy dancing, doing the weather. This guy's doing all the TikToks right. and stuff. Like, I feel like nowadays, like yeah, you can get away with probably a lot more than you could have back then. Weird, maybe. What, what was what was cens censorship like during? Because you're you're a guy who likes comedy, obviously. Yeah. So, like, you you have that in you to you know see a joke and not go there, or like. Yeah, I I think you can get away with more today than you could you know twenty five years ago. Um, you know, but at the same time, you got to use your judgment. Like yeah. today, today, you know, no nine eleven jokes today. Yeah, you know, it's well, is it? It is the eleventh. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, arguably the best time yeah. to make. Well, <laughs> listen, <laughs> very relevant. Well, how about, have you ever seen? Um, have you ever seen uh, God Rest His Soul? He was so good. Norm Macdonald. Oh, yeah. on one of his podcasts, there's a great clip. He's sitting there with a couple other comedians. And he goes, I think maybe JetBlue was was one of his sponsors. And he goes, uh, with that delivery, he goes, you know, uh, JetBlue for the fourth year in a row has been named the airline with the best customer service. You know what the airline with the worst service is? 911 <laughs> Air. <laughs> and one of the other comedians goes, Jesus. <laughs> and Norm McDonald says, that's a terrible name for an airline. Reminds me of that tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the line right there. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't afraid to go there. Yeah. Like, do you remember him on Saturday Night Live when oh, OJ yeah. was on trial? Yep. Wait, do I? How old were you in 1994 or yeah, 95? Whenever 10, OJ was on trial. 11. Yeah. He was, yeah, when OJ was on trial. And Chris he was, was a big fan of OJ. He was doing Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live, and he was just taking it. 
just yeah. taking the piss out of OJ all the time. That's the way to go. Though. Yeah, especially well, that was, if you're Norm McDonald. Well, that like, was the only way he could do it. You yeah. know what a loss that was. Yeah, he was so good. He was it, so good. It is. It is beautiful to, um, you know, add levity. I think a lot of times in tragedy, and I think the contrast between tragedy and comedy needs to be broader for it to be funnier. Death and, plus time equals humor. Yeah, I've heard that. Or, said. or yeah, and and yeah, or uh, the least amount of it. Is yeah, also funny. Well, that's like you know <laughs> yeah. Howard Stern calling the airline and saying, "When are you flying your next one into the Fourteenth Street Bridge?" You know? Yeah. I would let more time pass, I think, than twenty four hours. But that's that's a lot of a lot of comedians. They rush to the gates now. now when you had Kobe, yeah. uh, Ari Shafir was already there. Uh, I think uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. Uh, he's like, wait, uh, Kobe Bryant passed? Question mark. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Oh Christ! Right, and that's, that's good. That's, it's a great that's joke. Really good yeah. because like you can yeah. read it both ways, yeah. right? And so you yeah. can get away with it. So he was yeah. being smart. About I'm not it. a big basketball guy, but was he a ball hog? Was he known yeah, for being yeah. a ball yeah, hog? Yeah, he was. He hey? A lot of shots, yeah. but he but, yeah, he drained him though. But it's uh, it's one of those things where like I think especially if you're posting him on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, I heard somebody defending themselves saying, you know, if I'm posting an hour after tragedy on Twitter. The people that are actually really affected aren't on Twitter right now. Right. So yeah. it's like if anything, it's like it's okay. Like yeah, the families aren't on Twitter. Fucking it's it's for everybody else because it's sad and well, unless it's who's, funny. Who's that comedian that was? Uh, I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Joe Rogan who cited him, and he said uh, he was at a show and he was doing a joke about a plane crash that had happened like a week before, bunch of deaths, and uh, somebody stands up and he goes, "My wife was on that flight." And now this guy, he's like, well, I got two choices. <laughs> and he's like, I just got to, I got to double down. Yeah. That's the only way to win the back or else my show is over. Yeah. He's like, right there, I'm like, show's done. So he goes, let's dig her up and fuck her. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and the crowd lost it. Because like, they laughed? Of course. Holy shit. <laughs> they were gasping and then laughing, but it's a comedy club. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I get that argument of, like, if you're not comfortable, humor sometimes. Uh, I sometimes wouldn't be able to take a joke if it was something extremely personal, maybe in a, in yeah. a terrible time of tragedy, yeah. perhaps. I don't know. Uh, hopefully I would be able to, but I, I don't know that, right? So if I didn't, I'd, you get up, walk out, or you just wait for the next joke, whatever it is. But standing up is the wrong move. Right. You guys are regularly in the comedy milieu. Is there a... Um... Is there a woke segment of the comedy community and a non-woke segment? And how does that work? Like, are there certain places that you can't go depending on the club or? So there, there is segments, but not like, they're not really partitioned off by like clubs necessarily, but it's like certain nights yeah. or, you know, certain groups of, of people right. you're like, like you just know, um, oh, so-and-so is like running this show. Like, uh, like you're you're not, you're, so not gonna, you're not gonna find Shane Gillis on May Martin's fucking show. Right, which is not gonna happen. Right, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, there are separate audiences for sure. But so are there normally themes then? Like, if May Martin was gonna MC or headline a show, would would there be other comedians? Uh, yeah. With with her kind of ideological yeah. outlook outlook on the uh, on the normally that definitely the, they, they probably yeah. wouldn't say that outright, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like yeah. you can clearly see it in the content right yeah uh, you know like there's a lot of times too where you'll perform at uh, a club which during the week is like a, a queer club, like a place for, you know, like an LGBTQ, whatever, yeah. like a uh, comedy place. But like, you're just, you're there for just 
your own act like the one we yeah. did in toronto right oh, right yeah yeah uh so we're just there doing our thing we did our podcast like yeah. you know so you, you got to be aware of that too being yeah. like oh this is you know arguably the best place to crack well, those jokes but i will say <laughs> the one thing for sure i've noticed about comedy is um the woke people aren't as woke as they think they are and mm -hmm. the dark people aren't as dark as they think they are uh, that's most people find like most audiences are like yeah that's fine and everyone's like, oh, I'm super dark and edgy. And it's like, they were totally fine. Yeah. And other people like, oh, I'm and like, you just like make normal jokes. Like right. most people are just like, oh yeah, you're either funny or not funny. There's very well, that's few. I, th I think in comedy, there's clean uh, comedy, which yeah. is uh, different from anything else I've ever encountered. But there's like literally clean. So like you've never said fuck on stage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like Seinfeld or yeah, right. Nate Bargatze. Nate Bargatze yeah. a good I was listening, and I don't know how I got onto it recently, but I was listening to Steve Martin's first album. Oh, I, yeah. I think it was his first album, Let's Get Small. Let's Get Small. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And it was like, I'm listening to it and I'm going, is there anyone else in the 20th century who was funnier than this guy? Yo, and I don't think and he was. And a magician. Was, yeah. Oh, that's true. And I don't yeah. think he was blue at all. He might have dropped. One f bomb, but what really struck me was uh, it was recorded in the mid seventies, I think, yep. in San Francisco. I forget the name of the club, but he referenced it in his set. Admission was four dollars, four bucks to see Steve Martin. Wow, <laughs> you know, it, let's get small is insane. If you haven't listened to it out there, people should because uh, it's got so many visual gags in the show, but you're only listening to audio, huh. and it works. You, you're like you're you're literally trying to imagine what's happening. He opens with with yelling at the spotlight and you have no idea what's going on but he's on stage and there's no light and he told the guy with the spotlight um to no matter what i do don't turn it on That's for like funny. five minutes so he's out there screaming like can i get a light can i get a and he's just losing his mind <laughs> and it's really funny but like you're listening audio and you have no fucking concept of what's happening except you know what it is and he does like he has gags with like like arrows through his head all this weird shit and it it plays somehow on audio, maybe just because you know what a G was, but like yeah. it's so weird that it plays. That's cool. I love it. I'm a big fan. What? Um, so you said that censorship wasn't really an issue or anything, but was there was there ever a time where you had to deal with um, a guest that was unruly or or just like was there ever like an uncomfortable interview that you had to do not that everything I can was recall fairly recently my daughter got married last september actually it's coming up to a year at the end of this month and uh one of her guests my daughter lives in france and so she had a bunch of people from europe she they, she got married here yeah uh, her husband's from new york and so they figured uh well you know what my family can come up from new york we'll do it in montreal but they brought a bunch of people from europe and one of them was this friend of theirs, this woman from um, Paris, Australian, but grew up in Paris wow. with Australian parents, and a real—I can't even imagine that yeah, accent. Double gross. A real, a real <laughs> pistol, like a real pistol, like a short hair cross trainer. Like she was actually quite sexy. What's that accent like? I can't uh, even. Well, to... anyway, I had her. I, I, she was such a pistol. I said, "You got to come on my radio show on oh, Monday wow. morning before you fly back over," and she came on and. Um, and she dropped the F-bomb on my show. And I said to her, so you live in Paris now, but you're thinking about moving out into the country? Oh, yeah, my, I'm moving to Buckfoot nowhere. <laughs> you can't say that on the radio, Nikita. <laughs> she's moving, butt fuck. She's moving to buttfuck like, nowhere. Oh, what a cunt I yeah. am. Yeah, exactly. like, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah but you know what? There was no, there, I got no blowback because it was very natural and it was yeah. very funny. Right. Another time when I was still married and the boys were young, uh, my wife was at home with our daughter who was newborn. I'm, I'm off at work in the middle of the night. 
So we used to call her on the air because she's quite funny. <laughs> and um, we decided one morning we'd call her because uh, there was a, a water main broke at one of the boys' schools. Mm. And this was at the end of March break. So she was she was done, right? She's got yeah. the baby. She's got the boys home from March break. She can't wait to get them out of the house. Yeah. So I call them up. Charlie answers the phone. She picks up the extension and I didn't realize that she had picked up the extension, and she didn't realize we were on the air. And I said, Charlie, did you know you don't have school today, buddy? And she goes, oh, you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> That's so great. And again, it could have been something that somebody could have complained about, but on the contrary, everybody who reacted said, we get it. So on. We, we get, get it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a, real. Yeah, it was real. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. done one of those uh, like Freudian slips? I was listening to one from a radio guy the other day about he's trying to say you're supposed to turn your clocks back, but he's like, you got to turn your yeah. cocks black or whatever. <laughs> 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 you got to yeah. turn your I've, cocks black. Yes, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard that one. I don't know that I've ever... It's uh, <laughs> a good one. That's I don't great. know that I've ever had one. I'd um, say that on purpose. I remember, uh, for whatever reason, I, I stumbled and stopped in the middle of the word country. I stopped after the first <laughs> syllable. And so you just stopped a cunt? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah. But it was like cunt country. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, country. I didn't leave it hanging there, you know, yeah. and nobody said anything. But listening Which back. Which country is this? Yeah. Listening back to the air check afterwards, I thought, well, that's bags. not good. That's not good. Cunt country's fine. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the fun part about doing YouTube. You just cut all that out. Yeah, you just be like ah, or put it in. That's Toast. what we have. <laughs> that's <laughs> what we haven't done a live podcast though. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is the very reason. Like we've had all our patrons. Be like, so you're not streaming this live right now. This isn't. Okay, no, no. So no, I shouldn't no. have brought up that it was 9/11. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that you oh, can bring up. Yeah, we fine. like to bring that up as often as possible. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it, a terrible name them, for an airline. Yeah. <laughs> we're uh, we're time traveling here, so we're yeah. fine. Uh, master, we've mastered time. Nice, yeah. nice. Really, yeah. Thank God for digital editing, eh? I don't know if you guys... You guys edited on tape or... Back in the day, back in my day. Yeah. Yeah, we had um, a splicing pencil ha. and a razor blade, and you'd be reel-to-reel tape, and you'd find your edit, and you'd go, fuck, I hope this is it. And you'd mark it with the, with the pencil, and you'd splice it, and then you'd take Whoa. some tape, and you'd put it back together, and you'd listen back. And if you missed it, You'd have to pick up the tape off the floor and go, oh, fuck, where is it? Where's the, where's the part I need? Holy mm-hmm. shit. But digital editing is... All you're seeing oh. is audio, though. Yeah. You're just seeing waves. I'm just talking about audio. You're seeing waves. Because like, somebody editing film um, is far easier because you can actually see the frames and you can like, yeah. oh, this is when we clapped or whatever it was. But but on audio, you're guessing where the cadence is, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's still it's it's better than a fucking razor blade and a splicing pencil. I'm telling you, it's that what a nightmare that was. And there's all kinds of little tricks with audio editing too. And I'm, you know, I don't know. 10% 10% of what there is to know about editing, but you know, you've got little fade, you know, you can, if, if, if you edit something together and there's a click there, you know, you can fade out one end and fade in the other end right. and get rid of that click. Like there's all kinds of little yeah. tricks just for somebody who grew up on, uh, or who cut their teeth on, on, you know, splicing, uh, tape. It's yeah, now just, you feed it's into AI. AI now. What, what you just be like AI, take care of, the edit make me sound yeah, better. Well, AI might replace me. Yeah, who knows? I mean, apparently some They're radio taking your voice right now. Some radio, <laughs> some radio execs are threatening that. You know, you know, yeah. AI is going to change the business. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Was AI was AI at the big opening of uh, Felix and Norton Cookie yeah, on uh, right. Saturday? Is AI going to be able to relate to the? Is AI going to give a shout out to the guy he met at IGA last night? He could. Is AI going to do that? <laughs> is AI going to go do, through a divorce and talk about? That's it That's right. Yeah. <laughs> there you, you go. Know? Yeah. Like, That's what I want Two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My dad said he said marry early, marry often. So is I that right? There you go. Take him up on. Yeah. That. Well, they say third time's the charm, but I haven't met her yet. <laughs> Yeah, she's out there on Patreon. Yeah, AI's making it. We'll figure. will find you one. Oh man! So, what year did it switch from from you using your pencil and tape? Oh, that's got to go back uh, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe even a little bit before. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I would say a little bit before. There's a program called Pro Tools. Right, uh, I I know Pro Tools. Yeah, that's yeah, digital music editing, editors, right? Use that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, the guys I can remember the guys like twenty five years ago, the pr- yeah. the production guys having that system in there. So Wild. yeah, it, it goes back a while. Hmm. Thank God, Christ. Yeah, it's nice. To, it's nice to have a a good voice. When did you discover you had like a voice for it? Because you you have a good pronunciation, like you pronounce things well. You have a good vocabulary, and you're also you have a good tone of voice and all this. It's a kind of a perfect storm for being on the radio is that something you always knew when you were well, when you were younger not really but when i was uh, when i was a teenager george carlin had an album called amfm yeah and he had uh radio spoofs on it wonderful wino and then he had another thing that would he would do a, a fake newscast and i could i could uh, mimic those to a t like i would memorize them and i could mimic them to a t and all my friends parents would say you should be a radio announcer yeah so I took them at their word, and that's what I did. So George Carlin wow. is responsible for this. No shit, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, but the yeah the voice itself. Listen, yeah, I guess I have a I guess I have a nice voice, but you have to have something to say. I've met a lot of guys in the business over the years who've got big big pipes. They carry their nuts around in a wheelbarrow, but yeah. they got fuck all to say. Right. As a result of which, they don't last, yeah. or if they're lucky, uh, they're able to uh, make a living as as um, uh, as uh, narrators, voice actors, yeah, but right. you got to put a script in front of them, right? You know, I knew one guy who had a beautiful voice, and he said, "Yeah, I did talk radio for a while. That was hard. You got to know stuff." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you what do you do? That you read a lot of books? Do you like? You know what? What's, your, what's since, your thing? Ever since these fucking things came along, yeah, you're just scrolling. I used, yeah, I used to read a book or two a week. Yeah, and now I haven't read a book in you audiobook. No, I oh, no. I, sh- I guess book. I should. audiobooks yeah, the way. Dude, that's but the move. I can't get off that thing. But I do on that thing. I'm I'm not only looking at porn. Right. <laughs> that only takes a few minutes. Yeah. And then I'm on to something. You know, yeah. I look at a lot of news stuff. I read. I try to read stuff that's relevant. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, current events. Uh, I'm a history buff, so I, you know, I'll I'll scroll history websites and and look at reading is really uh, you know you talk about vocabulary. Yeah. Reading is how you develop your vo- vocabulary, that's and true. anyone who's a good writer. Writer is also a voracious reader, guaranteed. Right, dude. I never read either. Like I, and I never, I, I never even ever read. And yeah. then I just on my phone. Thank God for audiobooks. But I fucking wrote a book behind you right there, and I had to read it, uh, and narrate my own audiobook. Okay. And then I realized I'm retarded because <laughs> I cannot read out loud. I haven't done it since I was 11, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is so hard. I can riff all day long, but reading the words I fucking wrote, no, sir. That's it took me funny. forever. It took me 30 hours to record three, six hours. <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny. <sighs> I'm the opposite. I can... I'll write scripts for these intros you do and stuff, and I love it. I love yeah. like, you know, the whole 
wordplay and yeah, it's fun. playing around with yeah. tones of voices and yeah. stuff. It, it really is an art, though, when you when you listen to you know guys like this who've been on forever. Mm-hmm. Like there is a there is an art into the crafting of, and the cadence and the tone and 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 the volume and and uh, you know all of these inflections that you develop uh, conversationally that you have to make uh, apparent audio wise without yeah. your face. It's wild to me. Very important in stand up, too. Mm. Really important in stand up. Writing and delivery. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, Another guy I was thinking about today for whatever reason, Dennis Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Miller's brilliant. He's a great writer. He's a great writer. And he's got great talker. Yeah. And such a great dry delivery. And I was, (laughs) I don't know why it crossed my mind today, but I was thinking about he's got, he had a special. Uh, that goes back to the Obama years, and he's standing in front of a podium that looks like the presidential podium, and he's doing it as the specials in Washington. And uh, one story he tells, which is if you if you ever get a chance, look it up on YouTube. Dennis Miller has uh, he has dinner with Frank Sinatra, and the story he tells and the way he tells it is absolutely brilliant. But he also talks about uh, when you get elected president. He says two things happen when you get elect when you get elected president. The first thing is they let you give the alien corpse at Roswell a titty twister. (laughs) He says, then they take you down to the basement of the White House and they open up the, here's how really fucked up things are binder. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Here's some lube for you. Yeah. Um, Was your show... it, was it mostly talking? Are you playing music too, or what? Like My show, the show too? I do now. Actually, every show I've ever done, except Terry and I had a little run at CJD, which is the like the the CFRB of Montreal. 10, okay, ten ten, yeah, yeah we're eight hundred. Uh, that was a talk show, but mostly we've we've done music. So shows. do you have to know shit about music too? Well, it helps. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, but it helps. Terry knows a lot more about about music than I do, so that's a you know that's a nice. Uh, um, balance, I guess, and uh, but I still know, you know, um, I know enough. Um, but you know, here's the time, here's the temperature, here's what happened last night, here's who I met yesterday, yeah. um, here's a fun thing to do locally. You know, it's you're a sports fan, though, right? Yeah, you're, you're I, did, I actually fan? did sports for quite a little while. I yeah, covered, I covered sports. I covered, I covered the Blue Jays oh, and the Leafs. I can see that. Uh, I covered the Leafs when the Leafs were. You guys probably weren't even born yet. Uh, early 80s. Holy fuck, they were bad. Yeah. Holy fuck, they were bad. <laughs> Compared to what? Just, just, <laughs> yeah. just god awful. And, uh, and the Jays were just, the Jays were just getting there when I moved to Montreal and covered the Expos here and the Habs. Yeah. But I haven't done sports for quite a few years now. But I am a sports fan. I'm a New York Giants fan. So, uh, I got to bed early. That's rough. For the Sunday night season opener. <laughs> I was in bed before halftime. At 26 nothing, it was, fuck you guys. I'm going to bed. I got tickets. My son and I are going to do the, uh, we're completing the Florida road trip trifecta this year. We saw them in Tampa in 2019. They beat the Bucks. We saw them in Jacksonville last year. They yeah. beat the Jags. We're going to Miami October 8th to see them play the Dolphins. Yep. And after after the that fucking lopsided loss to Dallas in the season opener, I'm ready to sell my tickets. <laughs> I'm so fucking disgusted. But that's a typical sports fan, right? Yeah. If they win next week, they'll be my heroes. Yeah. 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 Like I knew it. Yeah, yeah, they're going to the I Super knew they'd Bowl. pull through yeah. the boys. Yeah. They would yeah. never let me down. Yeah. But there were such big ex well, I have big expectations for them every year, but this year they were actually rooted in in statistical and talent reality, but they just shit the bed in the opening yeah. game. Oh man. Yeah. 
Thank God you didn't have any money on it. No, or sir, not a not a cent. <laughs> no, he's like, well, no. that's another thing. <laughs> no, God damn it. No, not a betting man at all. Yeah, me neither. I don't even. I, if I knew how, I would. That's fair. Me and me and, uh, <laughs> me and Mike were joking around. I was uh, I was with Mike uh, Ward there in, in New York a few weeks back, and he's like, uh, he's like, fuck, man, these podcasters in Montreal ended up selling their podcast for like eight million dollars or something. Yeah, Maxime Lapierre and yeah. uh, and uh, Guillaume Latendre. And it was it was it wasn't even like that big of a podcast, yeah. but it, it it hit a market. Because who bought it was like an online gaming platform, there right? Crazy. These guys got a ton of money. They paid XQC, who's the guy from Laval, was $160 million for two years. It was like a kick or whatever, and Stake owns them. So it's a whole gambling thing. So me and Mike were joking the whole time. We're like, we should just start like a fucking gambling podcast. There you go. Dude, yeah. now we're talking. Yeah. Like, for like six months and just sell it. Dude. And we'll just, yeah, we'll just, I don't know. We started like texting back and forth like names and stuff. Like, <laughs> like fucking play play to win or you're a loser. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like these type of like names for the podcast. It's funny, eh? Even well, I could never do it. Is what I'm saying. I could, I could never go that far and do Even that. Even a sniff of gambling in sports 10, 15 years ago was scandalous. Right. Now they're, uh, you know, they're yep. the major sponsors the now for money. all the for all the uh, UFC, all the major professional the, leagues. Everything, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. If you don't think money talks, look at gambling I've been, and sports. I've been offered yeah. a lot of money, a lot more than any other uh, company's ever been willing to pay me for a video. A year, eighty-one hundred a year, eighty-one hundred. <laughs> No, yeah, it's, uh, okay. my starting salary back in the yeah. day Good memory. to make a video of uh to like for integration or like uh, hey like this video is sponsored by whatever and i'm not going to name the companies yeah. but um there were big offers because they're giving they're throwing around a lot of money they don't care they're just swinging dick yeah and i it was i immediately i couldn't do it like i, I would never on on principle or yeah uh, you yeah. just you didn't feel comfortable no with i it? would never i would never promote gambling to kids Okay, good it's, for you. And, and all of these streamers who are, like, they can go fuck themselves. Like, honestly, I think it's the most deplorable act. Because the kids yeah. watching are, like, 16, signing yeah. with their mom's account or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, they're all young, and then they're just, like, streaming online and they, gambling. And they see because, a fast buck. I have no problem with gambling, by yeah. the way. Gamble all the fuck you want. But, like, once yeah. it's like, hey, use my promo code, and then kids ringing up mom's credit card or, yeah. or, or, or even, you know, somebody's losing their home over it. It's, it's not great. Well, people yeah. don't just lose their homes. They're fishing bodies out of the, uh, out of the rowing basin, uh, beside the Montreal casino yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. So the moral of the story, pay your All fucking debts. Yeah. Pay your yeah. fucking <laughs> debts. Yeah. Or else you're fucked, right? Yeah. Gamble all you want. Pay yeah. your debts. Yeah. <laughs> Last time I went to the casino, I went to the, uh, I went to the $5 blackjack table. And I don't know shit about blackjack. I know that you know you get as close to twenty one as you can without going over, right? So there are actual players have these unwritten rules. Like if you're, I think if, if you're at thirteen, you stay, right? You don't take another card. Thirteen's shitty, but right. if you take another card, you break up the run, right? right? You ruin the run. So I took another card, I busted, and the guy beside me is like, oh. and I said, "What's wrong?" Well, you you, you ruin the run. I, I said, know you know what? You know you're at the fucking five dollar table, eh? Yeah. Heavy yeah. hitter. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, guy. seriously. Anyways, Damn. we'll be hearing from him anytime soon. They just fished him out of yeah, the river. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy. And I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. no, that is wild. Yeah. I'm What's uh, sir, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I only play blackjack at tables with all my friends, so we can all just fuck around. Yeah. Because I, I would, I hate that feeling of like someone that knows what they're doing. It's like, shut up, man. Yeah. We're all here losing money. Yeah, we're having fun. Fuck out of here. Yeah. 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 Wes actually only plays white jack. It's kind of racist. Yeah. That is, that's very racist. Wes. Um, 
Yeah, dude. Blackjack <laughs> well, lives yeah. matter, Wes. <laughs> oh, we're got it. Uh, 48. Oh, we're good. We're golden. Uh, good. Uh, what's in radio? Like, I mean, you're, you're, you're in, are you going for a piss? Nope. Are you doing, you got a surprise? Nope. He's just had enough. Oh, you got a reserve? Oh, he's going for more beer. Am I going to have to 12-step him? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I, honestly, yes, Ted, not, 10 more years. Give me Ted, 10 more years. Honestly, 10 more years. it was the reason I wanted to bring you on the podcast. <laughs> you mentioned I low-level thought that. I'm like, is this Chris's lame-ass attempt at I've been telling him for years that one day this will be an intervention. Um, I So here's my advice. to well, Let's talk about it. Uh, here's my advice to Wes. It's always been – this has always been a relationship. Is It's not a problem until it isn't funny. Right. Right now, it's funny. He okay. still wakes up in his own body, sat at the bar at <laughs> 6 in the morning ordering coffee, uh, which is funny. Uh, but the day it isn't funny is the yeah. day I'm going to be like, yo, that's... But it's like, I have a hard time not finding it funny. You know that that's also the day we stop being friends. That's true. Like, I think I'm going to choose this over you any day. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so just be careful when you call yeah. that. It's probably a good call, though. Does, that, does, does it sound bad when I say nah, that? It's, it's your call, man. It's your call. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know you well enough. Uh, yeah. You got to be pretty far gone, I think, for for there to be an intervention. Oh, we got stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll match you. Yeah, I'll call your bluff. No, I'm think I'm fine. Thanks. For, <laughs> thanks for making this all weird all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, so, is this your preferred? Uh, is this your preferred brand? No, this is just what they buy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like it. The money. It's my money's preferred tight brand. around here. So. What's yeah. that's not a cheap beer? I'm just fucking with you, Sapporo. Dude. That's the import. No, it's really. I like it. I just. I don't have any allegiances. I like um going to like random breweries and trying all the new microbrewery shit. You know what the microbreweries have yeah, managed to master? Just so they don't master? judge him every day he comes in. He goes to a different yeah. one. <laughs> Support local. <laughs> microbreweries have managed to master non-alcoholic draft beer. Yeah, you know what? So, that every is one fucking of them true. Has so many now. Yeah. The, the, the and canned, they're good. The canned stuff, I don't like. The canned yeah. stuff, yeah. and I don't. I never liked it much to begin with, and in early sobriety, as far as I'm concerned, it's a slippery slope. I would strongly advise against anyone going Doing down that road in early sobriety. Because you, because you get, you know, after two or three, you're like, well, well fuck. What the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. Give me a beer. If I'm going to drink this, give me a beer. They have a little that. bit of alcohol, right? I could see that. Like no, no. Some of them have are like point five percent, yeah, point zero five. But but there's a couple of um, there's a couple of breweries around Montreal. Um, there's one in Ganawage, Ganawage Brewing Company, and there's one out in Saint Polycarp, Schuen Microbrewery, uh, which is a really cool place. You can go out there and you you get your beer and you go out and you sit in the farmyard and you watch the rooster chase the chick the hens around and fuck them. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want? Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, but definitely drink alcohol though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they both they both you're make a psycho. If you're just ordering like non-alcoholic beer, watching these chickens fuck, like that's kind of wild. Yeah, I, think, I think you have a bigger problem. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make, um, or they do make a really nice non-alcoholic draft. And like I say, my experience with non-alcoholic beer has been, you know, forget it. I don't, yeah. I don't want it. It's, it tastes like piss. It's not the real but thing. The, yeah, well, yeah. it's not so much that it's not the real thing. It just doesn't taste good. It doesn't taste good. But they, through the, whatever process they use at these microbreweries, yeah. uh, when they make a draft and put it on tap, they've made it pretty good. The only thing is, the last time I was out at Schuen, I was out there with a friend of mine, and I bought her a regular beer, and I bought myself one of these non-alcoholic draft. Mine was eight bucks, and hers was six. Oh, that's a bit far. Yeah. Huh, I'm being alcohol. punished. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. just give me one with 100% alcohol for free. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that's yeah. how that works. I see. Yeah. That math checks out. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a problem. I'm getting 50 proof. 
It's all good. Yeah. I've never... Uh, well, thanks to this fucking podcast, my mom thinks I have much more of a drinking problem than I do. Well, because I'm the only one addressing it. I'm your closest friend. No, I know, I'm but like we, we constantly talk about any funny stories that come up, and she's a big fan of the podcast. She would never hear these. She would just go on thinking that I'm just a guy living my life. Instead, she's inundated with this bullshit. And Cindy, she, you're being lied to. Yeah, that's Cindy. what I'm trying to tell her. I'm like, don't believe everything you hear. We're making it up. We're making all these up. They're not real. <laughs> My mom listens to our podcast, uh, the podcast Terry and I do, and uh, she really enjoys it, except the language, boys, the language. Uh, really? Yeah. You guys are probably pretty tame, too. Probably fairly tame, but it's yeah. a chance for us to cut loose a little bit, yes. you know, because, you know, obviously you can't you can't swear in the radio and there are, you know, certain topics that are off limits. But my mom's funny. Um, we did a podcast about, uh, I don't know how we got onto it, we were talking about about veterans and and World War II, which are uh, something. Uh, I'm a big World War II history buff. I knew a lot of. I'm old enough that I knew a lot of those guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And most of them are gone now. We're talking about what it on the podcast. I was on the uh, Japanese side, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big Tojo fan. Oh yeah, yeah. Axis guy. Yeah, Axis guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we were talking about it, and we got a little bit. I showed a picture of myself and my sons at my great uncle's grave uh, site in Italy. I'm named after my father's uncle who was killed in action in Italy in World War II. And there's a really nice picture of me and my boys at his headstone. And the body language on my boys is really cool. Like you can see from their body language that they understand they're somewhere really special. Mm. So we're talking about this, and I'm getting a little bit verklempt, you know, and I'm choking up a tiny bit. Anyway, my mom... um, about a week later, she cuts out. My mom doesn't. If she sends me something, she doesn't uh, cut and paste a link and email it to me. She actually physically cuts out the the article from the newspaper, puts it in an envelope, puts the stamp on the envelope, and mails it to yeah, me. Yeah, that's a copy paste. Yeah. <laughs> so two weeks later, I get this article, and I forget what it was. It was, but it was something about about World War II and veterans, and she put a little note in, and she said, here's something about the veterans. You and Terry can talk about it on the podcast. Oh, how sweet. And cry. (laughs) And then she signed it with a swastika. Yeah. (laughs) Rising sun. Yeah, I can't have those talks with my uh, with my family. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on the my, my mom's German, so oh yeah, yeah, very very hush hush uh, yeah. when it comes to <laughs> what, I don't know why what you guys on all the uniforms. That's the weird part about you. My house. grandma's still. I my, know she has well, still, the black is very well, slimming, you know. Yeah, she's passed. She passed away. Uh, what was it last year? But she uh, or two years ago? Two years ago. Two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, she still had like the World War One. Uniform intact, uh, two, I believe. Yeah, we talk about it so much. Yeah, one is okay for people to talk about for some reason, two, like we don't talk about two. Yeah, well, I think I think there were some. It was less of a criminal enterprise in one. I think it was yeah. just they had the spike it was hats. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I think the the Kaiser was just uh, well. Listen, we're you know treaty obligated to fight yeah. these guys because we're on these guys' That's side, right, yeah. and those guys attacked these guys. That was my understanding yeah. of World War One. Yeah, it was a domino effect. Yeah, you know, one guy got shot, and then all of a sudden everybody's fighting. Uh, yeah, everybody else. World I did War Two was more complex. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. Well, it was it was the treaty right that that um, that they made them sign where they're like. Like, the Treaty of Versailles. The Treaty yeah. of Versailles, where they're like, so, you can't have more than 100,000 yeah. soldiers. It was so punitive to Germany. Yeah. And, and it backfired. Yeah. Well, exactly. And and mm-hmm. Hitler used it as uh, as a grievance. Yeah. And a lot of people felt the same way. Yeah. yeah. And he got everybody all fired up. I do a thing on. <laughs> really? uh, then he kind of snuck the Jews in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, he really did. He was like, everybody was on board. He was like, right wing, like, hey, they're, they're putting too many restrictions on us, which was true. 
and you know, obviously something's gonna happen. And then he's like, oh, and also the Jews, and we're like, yeah, what the <laughs> wait, fuck? What? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that was in his book, but I've never read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't read it either. Audiobooked it. It's wild. <laughs> in the in the original German? Yeah. <laughs> Mine come. No, 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 you got to get somebody to yell it. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it is wild. I can't, yeah, I never. I remember when I was a kid, um, there was a big change jar. My uncle had this giant, like, wine bottle, I guess, filled with, like, change. And I'd have fun pouring it out as a kid and just looking at the coins and throwing them back, trying to find the oldest one. Sure. Or, like, a gold coin, maybe, you know, never going to find it, but it was, like, treasure. And I remember picking up, like, Fennings with, like, the, the symbol, the swastika symbol on it, because they were, like, in the early 40s or whatever it was. Isn't it pronounced Pfenning? Yeah, Pfenning. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was just like a wild realization to me as like a young really a child. coin with a swastika a swastika on it. Yeah, wow, yeah, they had crazy. Fennings. They yeah. were like one Fenning, five Fenning, and and there's the eagle with the like swastika under it. I remember I was like, oh shit, that's wild. Like I remember <laughs> yeah. thinking to myself, and I was super young, but like still like, very curious. Like, oh, what's this? And my mom explained it to me. I was like, oh, that's fucked up. Hmm. Knowing that young, I was like, oh, huh, wild. This yeah. is my lineage. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I brought some money home from 1920. Yeah, 20's okay. I just went to Germany. Yeah. Well, you're good. Home. 20's in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're between nice. wars in 1920. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was like Reich dollars or something. It was like yeah. talking about the first Reich, I guess. Or, oh, no, uh, that's not 20s. <laughs> that's late 30s, sounds like. Reich's marks. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were worthless. Yeah. My grandma had briefcases full of them. Still. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I've seen the you buy yeah, bread yeah, with it. Yeah. Wheelbarrow full of uh, full of bills to go buy a loaf of bread. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't. It was worthless. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not good times in Germany in the twenties. Yeah. 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 He put his face on the money too, which is wild. Americans mm. are like, why are they putting Charlie Chaplin on their money? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. You know, you know, he was born a week away. They were born a week apart, Charlie Chaplin and Hitler. I didn't know that, no. It was wild. I always thought it was wild that he still rocked the mustache during that entire time. and was like, nope. And then he made The Dictator, the movie, where he made fun of you know, yeah, Hitler because yeah, yeah. he felt he had to because he was yeah. rocking this mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You guys know Harrison Weinreb? No. no. Montreal comic. Very funny guy. He had a, he's, uh, got a pretty good following on Twitter, and he had a tweet recently, and he goes, everyone talks about... Would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? <laughs> Hitler was a baby? <laughs> this just keeps getting wilder. <laughs> <So funny. laughs> He's very clever, Harrison. He's very clever. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Smart, Pantel, smart, funny. Pantel's were joking about like, the, the, the parents trying to like save the baby. From I heard you guys. Yeah, I heard that. Assassins. That was great. Oh, yeah. that's right. that's what I yeah. That was terrific. That's By funny. the way, I talked to Poseidon on the way up today. And I said, I'm going up to do the um, Poseidon, who was Pantelis' yeah. producer. I said, I'm going up to do the uh, the podcast with Chris and Wes. And he goes, uh, he says, don't let those guys put things in your ass, those wizards. <laughs> <laughs> well. We do that off air. Yeah, yeah, just think of a car. Yeah. Um, Dude, I came here one time and I went to Avis Rentals to rent a car. And I see this guy looks just like Poseidon. Take a picture of him, send it to all the boys. Dude, I laughed so hard. Are you sure like, it wasn't him? It was him. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know. So I go talk. I was about to tell this guy, I'm like, "You look just like my friend," and he's like, "Hey, man." I'm like, "Oh," and it got so much sadder. <laughs> not, so funny. Nothing wrong with working there, right? But like, uh, come so on. funny. Uh, he's he's funny. He's, 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 I do a podcast with him and another funny. Greek guy, and I'm the only one in the podcast who doesn't say bro. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Bro. fucking Laval. Like, That's a Greek thing. Greek yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were talking about. Bro. I was talking about. I had Bro. to take my. I had to take my brother to. Uh, Get his colonoscopy. He couldn't drive home, obviously, because they get you all hepped up. Doctors like, bro, spread your cheeks. So I'm telling, uh, I'm telling George and Poseidon this that I got to go from Boucherville all the way to the Jewish General and then back to Boucherville again. And I said, maybe I'll just do the colonoscopy myself. You know, I had rectal cancer. I know the drill. Yeah, I know how it works. I'll put a camera on the end of a coat hanger and go up there and have a look. And Poseidon goes, "Uh, "What's that thing? uh, What's that thing that guys have in their asshole that inflates?" And I said, uh, prostate? Yeah, don't pull out his prostate by mistake. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, shit. Yeah, I can imagine going to the doctor in the West Island. She's like, Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Take your pants off, bro. Bend what are you over, doing? Bro, Spread your cheeks. I got to put my GoPro up there, bro. Yeah. You had prostate cancer? Uh, rectal, actually, the rectal sexy cancer. one. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. the sexy one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Hello, ladies. Yeah, that's the one the ladies love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. When'd you find that out? That what? was 2015. Oh, and uh, yeah, I went in. Not I, too long I, ago. Yeah, I went in for a colonoscopy, and the doctor came into the waiting room after the recovery room afterwards, and he said, "We found something, but it's treatable, curable, and operable. Treatable, operable, and curable, and we're going to take care of you." Nice. And I took him at his word, and uh, it was stage three. And uh, I did. Jesus. I did some radiation for uh, I don't know several months, I guess, and uh, yeah, and went into remission and to, to shrink for, it down. Is that what I they... guess? Yeah. Well, they eliminated it. Yeah. Mm. So I've been through radiation. Yeah. Wow. So I've been good for uh, I think 2016, seven years now. And they say after five years, if you make if you make you're it through clear. five years, you're yeah, like the the odds are greatly diminished. Amazing. Of wow. uh, of a recurrence. So that's yeah. scary. Yeah. Stage yeah. three is pretty serious. That sounds yeah. like, well, if there's 10 stages, it's not that bad. <laughs> well, if there's 10 stages, no, it's but not that four, bad. Right? If there's four, yeah, yeah. 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 But it was really amazing how this guy's bedside manner, how he reassured me right out of the gate. He said, we're going to take care of you. And I didn't doubt it for a minute. Yeah. I didn't doubt it for a minute. Wow. And that probably helped a lot. Definitely, yeah, you know? right. Your, your, mindset. Yeah. your mindset. I think yeah. like they should do that even if it's not true. Yeah, what's his out if it isn't true? Eh? Yeah. Is you're dead, so it's okay? You yeah, don't maybe. come back at him? That's like, right. Do you know what I mean? So the you can just tell everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Then I had to do chemo as a precautionary. They they put me through, I think, um, what did I do? They wanted to put me through eight rounds of precautionary chemo. And I Is think, that after? Yeah. And I think after, uh, like, just to build up, uh, I guess, your immunity or whatever. And, and after six rounds, I said, I'm not doing anymore. Yeah. I'm fucking done, It fuck you up? Yeah. 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 It was like, you know... Uh, Sorry to be graphic, but it was no, go for it. it was like shitting razor blades. Wow. That's Damn. what it felt like when I went to the bathroom. Wow. It was like shitting razor blades. And I said to the doctor, I'm done. Yeah. And he said, you know what? Six out of eight's not bad. Ted Williams didn't hit 750, so yeah. we're, we're <laughs> yeah. going to let you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Fuck, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, well, you know what? It's It gives you a great perspective uh, on life. You know, yeah. if I'm having a shitty day, I can always think, let's see, I had cancer and now I don't, so... Yeah, I guess it true. could always be worse, you know? Yeah. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah. I would um, not like to be shitting razor blades. I've had Mexican mm. food, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> Close. Yeah. Indian, too. Actually, hot yeah. pot twice, two days in a row. Oy. Fuck me up. Yeah? Not even kidding. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Probably even worse. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about worse, but it could have been just as bad. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So what do you, uh, what's, what's next for you? What do you, 
Oh, just what I'm just what I'm continuing to do. I'm uh, I'm going to have to work for five years after I'm dead. There's no retiring for me. Yeah. Two yeah. expensive divorces. Yeah. But you know what? That's fine. Whatever. I like my job. I love my job. I like working. And I feel I'm, like you'd be uh, bored without I'm, it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Terry yeah. Terry uh, struggles. Like yeah. he misses he misses the microphone. He misses engaging people. He misses telling stories. Yeah. You know, he's a guy who's got a lot to say, and yeah. he's not a blowhard. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if there's a blowhard who's got a lot to say. Yeah, take the fucking microphone away from that guy. Yeah. But this is an intelligent, engaging guy who's got a lot to say, and he really misses it. So thank God for the podcast. It gives him an opportunity to, uh, you know, to do what uh, what he loves to do. Do you like this? Do you like podcasting more than radio? It's different. It's apples yeah. and oranges. What I like about it is what we talked about earlier. You can cut loose a little bit more. Yeah. It's a little bit less structured. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can go down uh, roads that you can't go down on the radio. You can have a lot more guests on a podcast. Like on a music radio show, you have a guest in and you've got three minutes. Oh, right. You right. Know? Yeah. So. Yeah, dude. Damn. That's wild. Yeah. That but, is crazy. You got to cram that into three minutes. And yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 um, it's nice to have the radio background that you can bring to podcasting, so you've got a leg up right out of the gate. But also, I've been watching a lot and listening to a lot of podcasts, but a lot of talented people out there. Yeah, who've Thanks, got man. a lot who've got a lot to say. Well, you, I was thinking of you first and foremost. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> Just tell me it's fine. Would, would uh, no, when I'm ahead. All right. That's how well, talented I am. Well, nice. Thank you. Really <laughs> lived up good to segue. that. Good segue. Yeah. No, I had a good one, too. I, like, I, I had a back. great fucking question. Oh, what, no. Uh, no. Ah, what podcast go. do you listen to? What's like a, what's a decent podcast? I'll tell you one I really like. is uh, It's called Trish Wood is Critical. It's a woman who I used to work with many years ago named Trish Wood. She's a journalist. She went on to work at... Sounds like a country singer. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. She worked at uh, the Fifth Estate. And oh, she yeah. worked at As It Happens on CBC, and she's very, very smart. And, and every one of her podcasts is like, she has great guests on her podcast, and every one of them is like eavesdropping on the smartest people in the room at a party. Mm. Oh, um, that's cool. She's, that's a good way to put it. She's a classic liberal, but she's now gone over to the dark side because the left has gone. She likes to say, and I've heard a lot of people say this, for a classic liberals who've gone more to the right, the left didn't, no, I didn't leave the left. The left left me. Right. Yeah. And so Chris, uh, uh, Trish is, is, um, is more conservative now. Yeah. And, uh, but that works for me because I'm a get a haircut, get a real job conservative. So yeah. I love listening. I, I love listening to her. Um, I like Rogan. I like, uh, I listen to a great podcast. Adam Carolla had uh, Tucker Carlson on. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, last week or the week before. And it was really fascinating. And I know a lot of people don't like Tucker Carlson. That would but be. the guy's the guy's very bright. He's wow. very informed and he's very accomplished. Like he's not a lunatic, you know? And it was an, it was an interesting uh, podcast to listen to. And I it's used to listen guess. to New York Giants podcasts until they shit the bed in the season opener. And I'm <laughs> fucking done with them. <laughs> until they win. Yeah. And, and then, then I'm, I'm signing back. up for the Patreon. Yeah. Oh, shit. I like, uh, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I like... Um, uh, Pantelis and Mike and Poseidon on yeah. two drink minimum. Two drink minimums yeah. like one of my go tos. Yeah. I like it. I like that one more than the French one. The French cast, uh, or yeah. the yeah, because I don't. Or Suzy Cut, yeah. Suzy Cut's great. I don't. I love Suzy Cut. It doesn't help me. Yeah, I wish I tried a couple times. I wish it was in English because I I also have low attention span for just other languages in general. Uh, just because I think in English, so uh, even French, well, I can be on it. I can sit through podcasts, but it's not my go to. Yeah. Uh, Cause I gotta think, you know. So if I'm 
Oh yeah, driving or something. Listen, I driving your car that drives itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't yeah, feel bad, tough. man. I've lived in Quebec for thirty-seven years, and my French fucking blows. It's terrible because I'm able to live in an English bubble. Yeah, I live in an English milieu. Yeah. I live in an English neighborhood. I work at an English radio station. So what I've I been doing, I've been listening to a lot of French radio just for myself to, yeah. to make my French better, and it helps a little bit. Yeah, and everybody listen- needs a little cringe in their life. Eh? Well, I was listening one day recently, and I could have sworn that uh, the guy was doing the weather, and I thought I, I thought he said, uh, probabilité de maize. And I thought, there's a chance of corn? <laughs> <laughs> I hope it comes down in niblets and not on the cob. Somebody could get hurt. I guess what he said was, demain, and I heard de maize, you know? <laughs> so I've still got a ways the to go. The rapture is happening. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> Just corn falling from yeah. the skies. Uh, we misread the text yeah. all these years. A plague of lo- corn. Yeah, it's not locusts at all? Oh, man. Uh, all right. Oh, I, thought, I remember what I was going to ask you. When you're... Uh, uh, doing your, you know, you, you have a guest three minutes, whatever, and you got to play music. Do you have to listen to that music all the time, or can you just great question? No, 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 you just mute it. All no, 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 I, I can mute it. And there's a lot of uh, in commercial radio. There's there's a high uh, so repeat factor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But you know what? And I find I don't like that about our radio station. If I was programming our radio station, I would make changes to the music. But then I meet people like I did last weekend when I was doing this remote broadcast. Listeners are coming up. We love the music. We love the music. Don't you find it too repetitive? Oh, no, no, no. We yeah. love it. But I guess it's because they're, li- they're not listening all day. Four times an hour. <laughs> yeah. What do they say about AC? Cake AC, it enough. DC. What do they say about them? They've they've uh, re-released the same album like 13 Dude, times. Yeah, no, <laughs> I have a theory about this. Yeah. Because growing up in Germany as well, this was also prevalent in Germany where you had stars like David Hasselhoff blow up for no fucking reason in Germany, right? Like No they, they, reason? He's a fucking god. Right? But like, <laughs> so here's the thing. Or like Elvis is big here in Quebec as well, right? Yeah, Elvis, right. ACC. And I think it's all about what uh, French people can sing. I think if they can sing it, they love it. And if it's like, and nobody really knows what he's saying, and they're all singing along, and they're like, yeah, we like it. I think that's my theory. Why isn't mumble rap more popular here, though? Well, that's why, because they they can't sing it. They They love uh, British prog rock. Bands like Supertramp. Supertramp back in the day would play for a club. Like prog. P R O G yeah, or P R A G progressive no progressive oh. rock yeah <laughs> like some obscure <laughs> yeah, super tramp rock. back in the day would play a club in the states for two hundred people then they'd come to Montreal and fill the forum yeah the next night yeah there's something about a cult following here right that like yep. they, we like certain yep. artists big time and they're gonna make it big here like yep. huge mm-hmm. yeah super tramp I think Montreal really went a long way towards putting super tramp on the map yeah, yeah. they're like the Japan of Canada yeah Genesis Montrealers love Genesis it's that British progressive that is rock true. I don't know yeah. why they just love it they love it when that you, is true when did you move here you were the Maritimes guy right yeah I moved here in '85 I moved out of the Maritimes in '79. Here for a few months, Toronto for five years, and then back here in '85. Every you hit here, you're just like, "This is me now." You like well, me. I wasn't. I didn't decide this is me now, but that's the way it's turned out. Okay. So I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah. '70s, you're doing drugs. Oh fuck. LSD. Yeah. All this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever? I'm still doing that in the '90s. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Did you? Did you ever like? like party too hard and then like have to go on air was there ever like a, a time because i could imagine myself in my early 20s if i had to be on the radio yeah half the time i might have been on drugs yeah um i can remember smoking a joint before going on 
Ooh. going to work. Yeah. And a lot of guys still do that. Yeah. I haven't done it in a long time. The last time I smoked a joint, and this is the one blemish on my sobriety, 26 and a half years, but it was right after I had recovered from the cancer. Oh, yeah. And I was- That's I, medication. There you go. So I'm dating this woman and uh, I'm over at her place and she pulls a, a bag of pot out of the freezer. And the first thing I thought was, well, that's where they're keeping it now. (laughs) And in the time it took her to roll a joint, I thought to myself, well, you know what? Alcohol is my problem. I'll be fine smoking a joint. Yeah. So I smoked the joint with her. I took a couple of hits. I had a panic attack. Oh, shit. Honestly? Passed out. Whoa. And she thought I was dead and called the ambulance. Oh, Oh, fuck me. So the ambulance shows up. I'm on the couch. The worst. Yeah. I've come around. I'm on the couch, and the ambulance attendant takes my my vitals and figures out I'm okay. And she says, uh, when was the last time you smoked up? And I said, 1997. And this is 2016. (laughs) And she said, do you realize how much stronger it is today than it was in 1997? And I said, well, I do now. (laughs) You're here. Yeah. So lesson (laughs) learned. Yeah. So I called my, actually, I called my AA sponsor the next day and I told him what happened. And I said, do I recalibrate my sobriety date? Do I take a newcomer chip at the next meeting? And he goes, if you go on the marijuana maintenance plan, yes. If it was a one-off, I wouldn't worry about it. Nice. And it was a one-off yeah. because uh, never again. Thank God but, you didn't love it. But did, yeah, you guys yeah. up, did you guys hook up that night, though? Um, not that night. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not that. Like Him and the paramedic on the other come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big comeback in the ninth. The ambulance attendant was actually quite cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah from what I remember. She, yeah. she looked like a cheeseburger. <laughs> Man, you got to be some kind of fucking... <laughs> Beautiful dude to pick up when someone's attending to you like an ambulance attendant. Yeah, you're like, and you're worst. Yeah, you she falls there, for you. You're fucking doing yeah. good. You're, that's a good point. Yeah, Having the ambulance nice. attendant fall for you while she's taking care of you. Yeah, that's yeah, hardcore. That's a, that's but isn't crazy. that crazy? Eh? Like I'm I'm 19 years sober, and they talk about you know alcoholism being cunning, baffling, and powerful. Mm. And it was the ism that kicked in, right? Mm. Because I'm looking at that reefer and I'm going, you know what? I could do that. Like yeah. after 19 years and like that, oh. I convinced myself yeah. that That's I could do it. So, wild. so you got to stay on top of it. You got to you know? be vigilant. And I had, I had kind of drifted away from meetings. I wasn't real plugged in to, yeah. uh, to the AA program at that time. You felt yourself getting sucked exactly, back in. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was a, uh, the conditions were uh, were ripe. Yeah, and uh, you're yeah. making Wes so thirsty right now. By the, the way. No, the, I, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, no, I still be here, but I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the A is the only way. I think that's yeah. the only proven. In my experience, yeah, I tried I to quit so. drinking on my own once. I went 18 months. Nice. Oh, wow, that sounds like. Yeah, but you know what? You couldn't have pulled a pin out of my ass with a tractor for those 18 months. I was so fucking wound up. I was so miserable. I was New Brunswick so... fucking expression if I ever heard one. <laughs> I was so miserable. And if you want to make time stand still, don't have a drink for 18 months. But don't do anything to try to recover right you know and meanwhile while i'm not drinking i'm still smoking reefer yeah i'm still going to the bars and i'm still doing blow yeah fortunately for me i was never i was blow without alcohol yeah that's a wild time yeah (laughs) tried doing a half a gram sometime without a cocktail to take the edge off there's not a lot of serenity there i'll give it a go (laughs) happily for me i never the only cocaine i ever got addicted to was yours Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. So I, I never went. I never went He's hard. Like, I like the smell of my friend's keys. <laughs> yeah, I never went hard down that road. But yeah. yeah, but you're right about. And then I went to AA and paid lip service to it, 
didn't do anything that, that is suggested. Mm-hmm. And I lasted 14 months, went back out and drank again. And this time around, I went in and, and you know, I found some, uh, I scoped out some people who had, you know, the kind of sobriety that I wanted. And I said, right. what do I do? And they That's said, well, a here's big what part we did. Yeah. To have, have that type of encouragement around yeah. you and that. that yeah. Because you know, yeah. or else you have no one to relate to and you ask yourself, well, I, I don't think I'm doing anything wrong because no one else finds this to be a problem. Yeah. Right? Now, in my experience, anybody who's done the 12 steps to the best of their ability and then continues to go to meetings on a regular basis. And I heard a great, uh, in early sobriety, I heard a great uh, analogy for that. An old guy said, uh, AA meetings for him are the spiritual gym. Mm. Nice. He said, if I want to stay physically fit, I go to the gym three, four times a week. If I want to stay spiritually fit, I go to AA three or four times a week. Mm. So that's what I do. And, uh, and it, and it works for me. Like yeah. I, I love drinking. I fucking loved it. I loved everything about it except what it did to me, yeah. mm. but I loved the taste. I loved the ceremony. I loved the camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but uh, arguably and, you can get all those things without it. And that's like the thing. It's like, well, it, yeah, you think course. it's a crutch. Well, it's because you have to, but we're change. having fun right yeah. now. Well, exactly. Because, you know, I've come to realize I don't have a drinking problem. I have a living problem. And I used to use alcohol to deal with my living problem. Right. Now I have this program of recovery that I use. Yeah. And ever you know, since I started vaping, I'm good. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have no problems. Yeah. And I try not I try not to be preachy about it. And especially if I'm trying to help other people, you know, I just tell them, here's what worked for me. It's not you should do this and you should here's what worked for me. Yeah. And the twelve steps, it says so in the literature. It's a suggested program of recovery, right? Right, and nice. People say, Oh, fucking AA, it's a it's a religious cult. No, it's not. Yeah. You know, religion is dogma. Yeah. You know, a religion says if you do not do X, the consequences will be Y. Yeah. You know, when Moses went up on the mountain, he didn't go up there with the 10 suggestions. Right. right. He went up there with some pretty hard and fast rules, right? Yeah. And woe betide anybody who doesn't follow them. But in AA, here's what we suggest. Here's what works for us. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. You're still welcome. If you want to go out and drink again, there's the door. Away you go. We'll be here if you decide yeah. you want to come back. I still prefer Scientology. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I drove by their office on Papineau the other day. Yeah, they I didn't even know here, they had one. Yeah, yeah. It's like, fuck, it's Scientology. Fucking wild, isn't yeah. it? You, you hear that? Uh, you pay enough, you get to meet JC. That's the yeah. deal. <laughs> you hear that uh, guy from the 70s show is getting like 30 years for rape or whatever? Masters, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy Masters. Yeah. So, like, you Scientologists. I thought they like yeah. worked all that shit out all the time. I thought they were like always good on defense in Scientology. Yeah, I, I thought guess they not. Like, They're too hard on the offense. I, I was really like I was surprised. And yes. there's a big shitstorm over some of his co-stars Ashton, writing letters Ashton of and support. Mila Kunis yeah, there. yeah. Uh, they had to make an apology video because they they vouched for him. Yes, I saw it. They I didn't I didn't watch him. it, but I saw. They it. They vouched yeah. for his character, yeah. and that's the other thing though is like yeah. that's a pickle to be in when let's yeah. say I've known you for as long, and I say no, dude, everything Wes has ever shown me, yeah. everything of it, I have to be true to that, and it's not to it's not to to be against the victims, but yeah. it's like I know this person. It's like when he's not raping, he's yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> and like that, you can yeah. say that, right? Like West minus rape not, is a yeah, great yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no rapes, and he was. Yeah, you know. on that note. Yeah, guys, I think that's a good note to go out on. Yeah, it, it is. Rape so uh, yeah. we 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 do a Patreon afterwards. Are you comfortable sticking around, or do you got a jet? No, I don't have to jet. I'll stick around. I was when I was listening to you guys earlier the the episode with your wife, and you go, "Okay, we're going to do the Patreon now," and I'm like, "All right, the Patreon," and then it ended. Yeah, there was no Patreon. 
Yeah, no. So that means you got to pay to hear the Patreon. That's is correct. that the way that works? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The Patreon yeah. is a it's five a, bucks a month. This is a great time it's to the actually. Only pitch it. thing that supports this fucking podcast. Yeah. We love okay. Ads. Well, pitch that bad boy. Yeah. So we get we we go for uh, an extra episode in overtime and uh, and and we can say whatever the fuck we want because it's honestly just very yeah. not like we aren't saying what we want, but also yeah. you guys want to stick around for what we're gonna say. I tell you that That's Patreon. Right. Anyways. <laughs> Soft I just ranted bitch. like Joe Biden there at the end. Terrible. We'll see you guys. Uh, We're gonna have to escort friends. you off the stage, I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> we'll leave it. We'll leave a link to Ted's podcast below. Go check it out. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Go guys, for ahead. having me. We'll see you on the Patreon. Bottom of the barrel. Hey. Bottom of the barrel. Hey. Where we